A seizure, technically known as an epileptic seizure, is a period of symptoms due to abnormally excessive or synchronous neuronal activity in the brain. Outward effects vary from uncontrolled shaking movements involving much of the body with loss of consciousness, daniclonic seizure, to shaking movements involving only part of the body with variable levels of consciousness, focal seizure, to a subtle momentary loss of awareness, absence seizure. Most of the time these episodes last less than two minutes and it takes some time to return to normal. Loss of bladder control may occur. Seizures may be provoked and unprovoked. Provoked seizures are due to a temporary event such as low blood sugar, alcohol withdrawal, low blood sodium, fever, brain infection, or concussion. Unprovoked seizures occur without a known or fixable cause such that ongoing seizures are likely. Unprovoked seizures may be triggered by stress or sleep deprivation. Diseases of the brain, where there has been at least one seizure and a long-term risk of further seizures, are collectively known as epilepsy. Conditions that look like epileptic seizures but are not include fainting, non-poleptic psychogenic event, and tremor. Stress can induce seizures in people with epilepsy, and is a risk factor for developing epilepsy. Severity, duration, and time at which stress occurs during development all contribute to frequency and susceptibility to developing epilepsy. It is one of the most frequently self-reported triggers in patients with epilepsy. Stress exposure results in hormone release that mediates its effects in the brain. These hormones act on both excitatory and inhibitory neural synapses, resulting in hyperexcitability of neurons in the brain. The hippocampus is known to be a region that is highly sensitive to stress and prone to seizures. This is where mediators of stress interact with their target receptors to produce effects. A seizure that lasts for more than a brief period of time is a medical emergency. Any seizure lasting longer than 5 minutes should be treated as status epilepticus. A first seizure generally does not require long-term treatment with anti-seizure medications unless a specific problem is found on electroencephalogram, e.g., or brain imaging. Typically it is safe to complete the workup following a single seizure as an outpatient. In many, with what appears to be a first seizure, other minor seizures have previously occurred. Up to 10% of people have at least one epileptic seizure. Provoked seizures occur in about 3.5 per 10,000 people a year while unprovoked seizures occur in about 4.2 per 10,000 people a year. After one seizure, the chance of experiencing a second is about 50%. Epilepsy affects about 1% of the population at any given time with about 4% of the population affected at some point in time. Nearly 80% of those with epilepsy live in developing countries. Many places require people to stop driving until they have not had a seizure for a specific period of time. Epileptic seizures occur in patients with dementia at a higher prevalence than among healthy elderly individuals. The incidence of seizures among patients with dementia varies with the etiology of the demanding illness. In patients with Alzheimer's disease, the most common form of dementia, Approximately 10 to 22% have at least one unprovoked seizure. Seizures usually occur in later stages of Alzheimer's disease, on average, six years into the course of the disease. Seizures in Alzheimer's disease are more likely to occur with early onset disease, particularly if there is a familial presenilinum mutation. The incidence of seizures in other dementing diseases is less clear.
there are special considerations regarding the management of seizures in the elderly with dementia. First, the presence of cognitive impairment may impede an accurate diagnosis of seizures. Clinicians may also mistake seizure manifestations for symptoms of the underlying dementia. Second, since most dementia patients are elderly, there are pharmacokinetic changes with aging that affect the use of anti-epileptic drugs. Third, anti-epileptic drugs have potential cognitive adverse effects that may worsen dementia. Although few studies are available, extrapolations from research in young people and elderly patients without dementia provide several recommendations for the management of seizures in patients with dementia. Exclude symptomatic causes of seizures before committing to anti-epileptic drug therapy. Treat after a first seizure if there is evidence of focal neurological involvement or a risk of recurrent seizures. Use anti-epileptic drugs with minimal cognitive adverse effects, such as carbamazepine, valproic acid, gabapentin and lamotrigine, and use the lowest possible dosage and monitor anti-epileptic drug levels, where possible. Seizures in the human temporal lobe transiently impair cognition and steadily damage hippocampal circuitry, leading to progressive memory loss. Similarly, the toxic accumulation of aspeptides underlying Alzheimer's disease triggers synaptic degeneration, circuit remodeling, and abnormal synchronization within the same networks. Since neuronal hyperexcitability amplifies the synaptic release of AS, Seizures create a vicious spiral that accelerates cell death and cognitive decline in the AD brain. The confluence of hyperexcitability and excitotoxicity, combined with the challenge of seizure detection in the human hippocampus, make epilepsy in these individuals extremely important to correctly diagnose and treat. Emerging clinical evidence reveals an elevated comorbidity of epilepsy in AD, particularly when linked to mutations in the AP, AS gene pathway. Experimental models and genetically engineered mice confirm and extend these findings, highlighting the presence of subclinical seizures and overlapping pathophysiological cascades. There is an urgent need for more clinical and basic investigation to improve the early recognition of hippocampal seizures arising during the course of dementing disorders, and to validate molecular blockers of AS-induced aberrant excitability that can slow and potentially reverse the progression of cognitive decline. The molecular pathology underlying neural degeneration in Alzheimer's disease has been dramatically clarified over the last decade, however our understanding of the pathogenesis and therapy of human dementia, a foremost clinical problem in our society, is unclear and remains stalled at the level of progressive cell death and altered plasticity at single synapses. Comorbid conditions such as epilepsy that interfere with memory formation and retrieval in the temporal lobe further complicate the goal of preserving normal cognition. While degenerative processes in the nervous system ultimately result in loss of neural signaling, when active inhibitory mechanisms fail early, the resulting disinhibition may destabilize network oscillatory activity at formative stages of the disease. Critical new evidence implicating cellular hyperexcitability hypersynchronous circuit activity, extensive rewiring of hippocampal networks, and subclinical silent seizures in the temporal lobe identified in validated mouse models of AD implicates a new level of circuit-based pathophysiology that could lead to the appearance of epilepsy and further aggravate memory loss. Human pathological studies confirm that, much like the positive feedback loop of heat and moisture powering the heat engine of a tropical storm, 
The combination of synaptic hyperactivity with elevated SNAD brain fuels a pathological cascade of cell death and synaptic reorganization within hippocampal networks. These findings identify AP, along with related AD genes leading to aberrant cleavage and toxic accumulation of its AS protein fragments, as members of a new gene pathway for temporal lobe epilepsy and challenge the assumption that the elevated risk of epilepsy in individuals with familial AD is a simple coincidence. The magnitude of the clinical problem justifies a concerted search to unravel the shared mechanisms leading to hyperexcitable networks in AD, and new treatment strategies for dementia focused on stabilizing dynamic network signaling patterns in the AD brain. With advances in healthcare and an aging population, the number of older adults with epilepsy is set to rise substantially across the world. In developed countries the highest incidence of epilepsy is already in people over 65 and, as life expectancy increases, individuals who developed epilepsy at a young age are also living longer. Recent findings show that older persons with epilepsy are more likely to suffer from cognitive dysfunction and that there might be an important bidirectional relationship between epilepsy and dementia. Thus some people with epilepsy may be at a higher risk of developing dementia, while individuals with some forms of dementia, particularly Alzheimer's disease and vascular dementia, are at significantly higher risk of developing epilepsy. Consistent with this emerging view, Epidemiological findings reveal that people with epilepsy and individuals with Alzheimer's disease share common risk factors. Recent studies in Alzheimer's disease and late-onset epilepsy also suggest common pathological links mediated by underlying vascular changes and or tau pathology. Meanwhile electrophysiological and neuroimaging investigations in epilepsy, Alzheimer's disease, and vascular dementia have focused interest on network-level dysfunction which might be important in mediating cognitive dysfunction across all three of these conditions. In this review we consider whether seizures promote dementia, whether dementia causes seizures, or if common underlying pathophysiological mechanisms cause both. We examine the evidence that cognitive impairment is associated with epilepsy in older people, aged over 65, and the prognosis for patients with epilepsy developing dementia with a specific emphasis on common mechanisms that might underlie the cognitive deficits observed in epilepsy and Alzheimer's disease. Our analyses suggest that there is considerable intersection between epilepsy, Alzheimer's disease and cerebrovascular disease raising the possibility that better understanding of shared mechanisms in these conditions might help to ameliorate not just seizures, but also epileptogenesis and cognitive dysfunction, Alzheimer's disease, ID carries a significantly increased risk of seizures, and it is estimated that 10 to 22 percent of people with AD develop unprovoked seizures at some point, the higher rates being associated with hereditary, early-onset AD. People who have AD in combination with a seizure disorder suffer greater cognitive decline and more rapid progression of symptoms than those with AD alone, and it is important to treat their seizures early so that their prognosis can be improved. However, little is currently understood about the nature of seizures that are linked to AD, and they are therefore difficult to identify, especially as seizures themselves can also cause cognitive problems. In addition it is reported that more than half of the seizures experienced by people with AD are non-convulsive, meaning that they can easily go unrecognized.
Researchers in California have recently been investigating seizures in AD and they have made some important findings. In their most recent study the team recruited 54 people who were treated at the Memory and Aging Center, at the University of California, between 2007 and 2012. All had either mild AD, 42 people, or a condition known as amnestic mild cognitive impairment, described as a very early stage of AD 12 people. The participants who had amnestic mild cognitive impairment, and 35 of the 42 those with AD, also had epilepsy, and the remaining 7 people with AD had previously had epileptic activity recorded in their brains but they did not experience seizures, this will be referred to as subclinical epilepsy. Having identified the study participants, the scientists examined all of their medical records, and collected a range of information including, their ethnicity, their economic status, their seizure types, the nature, timing of their cognitive decline, and their response to anti-epileptic drugs. They also looked at the medical records of a similar group of people who had AD but no history of seizures, epileptic activity, to find out if having seizures had an impact on the rate of cognitive decline. When they analyzed their data, the researchers found that both adult epilepsy, and amnestic mild cognitive impairment and epilepsy, were linked to an earlier onset of cognitive decline than AD and amnestic mild cognitive impairment without epilepsy. According to the records the people with AD and epilepsy presented with cognitive decline approximately 5.5 years earlier than those with AD alone, at an average age of 64.8 years as opposed to 70.3 years, and the difference was even more marked for the people with amnestic mild cognitive impairment those with epilepsy presenting 6.8 years earlier than those without epilepsy at an average age of 64.3 years as opposed to 71.1 years. Interestingly, subclinical epilepsy was associated with a particularly early onset of cognitive decline at an average age of 58.9 years. Examining the nature of the seizures experienced by the subjects, the team noted that over half, 55%, had non-convulsive seizures and that complex partial seizures were the most common. They also observed that the majority of seizures arose in the temporal lobe, on one side of the brain. The onset of seizures was found to vary greatly amongst the participants, however it often coincided with the start of their cognitive decline. Importantly, of the most commonly prescribed, the subjects appeared to respond better to lamotrigine or levetiracetam than to phenytoin. These findings are significant because they highlight several characteristics that might help doctors to recognize when seizures are associated with underlying AD or amnestic mild cognitive impairment. These include, unusually early age of cognitive decline, seizures beginning around the onset of cognitive decline and arising from the temporal lobe on one side, and a good response to lomotrigine and levetiracetam. The results also suggest that prompt control of seizures can help to slow the progression of cognitive impairment and this could be of significant benefit to people's quality of life. This study was small, and it included only one center, however it will hopefully form the basis for a much larger investigation, leading to official guidelines for the diagnosis of epilepsy associated with AD, amnestic mild cognitive impairment. In the meantime, the current results will hopefully make neurologists more alert when treating people with, what appears to be, late-onset epilepsy. The use of anti-epileptic drugs is associated with an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease and dementia, 
according to a new study from the University of Eastern Finland and the German Center for Neurodegenerative Diseases, DZNE. Continuous use of anti-epileptic drugs for a period exceeding one year was associated with a 15% increased risk of Alzheimer's disease in the Finnish dataset, and with a 30% increased risk of dementia in the German dataset. Some anti-epileptic drugs are known to impair cognitive function, which refers to all aspects of information processing. When the researchers compared different anti-epileptic drugs, they found that the risk of Alzheimer's disease and dementia was specifically associated with drugs that impair cognitive function. These drugs were associated with a 20% increased risk of Alzheimer's disease and with a 60% increased risk of dementia. The researchers also found that the higher the dose of a drug that impairs cognitive function, the higher the risk of dementia. However, other anti-epileptic drugs those which do not impair cognitive processing, were not associated with the risk. More research should be conducted into the long-term cognitive effects of these drugs, especially among older people, senior researcher Heidi Taipal from the University of Eastern Finland says. Besides epilepsy, anti-epileptic drugs are used in the treatment of neuropathic pain, bipolar disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. This new study is the largest research on the topic so far, and the first to investigate the association in terms of regularity of use. Dose and comparing the risk between anti-epileptic drugs with and without cognitive impairing effects. The results were published in the Journal of the American Geriatrics Society. The association of anti-epileptic drug use with Alzheimer's disease was assessed in Finnish persons diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease and their controls without the disease. This study is part of the nationwide register-based metals study which includes all 70,718 persons diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in Finland during 2005-2011 and their 282,862 controls. Although epilepsy is a prevalent neurological disorder with known cognitive consequences, in the review to follow we will contend that the course of cognition and brain structure in aging, age 50+, and elder, age 65+, persons with chronic epilepsy is very poorly understood. Virtually no literature addresses this important issue, but we will present data to suggest that there are several reasons for concern. Numerous cognitive deficits, neuroimaging abnormalities, and psychiatric comorbidities have been well characterized in younger persons with chronic epilepsy, with evidence of progression of these problems in some patients by middle age. In that context, People with chronic epilepsy have been exposed to several factors that may place them at increased risk for accelerated cognitive and brain aging, including treatment with medications now known to adversely affect cholesterol, folate and glucose metabolism, increased rates of vascular disease risk factors, altered lifestyles that include decreased social interaction and physical inactivity, and elevated inflammatory markers. In the general aging literature, Prospective studies have confirmed the association of these factors with abnormal cognitive and brain aging as well as the risk of dementia including vascular dementia, VAD, and Alzheimer's disease, ID. We will argue that for aging and elder persons with chronic epilepsy these risk factors have never been comprehensively characterized, never thoroughly examined in relation to major dimensions of physical health, vascular, pulmonary, cerebral blood flow and never directly related to cognitive function or brain structure. At the present time, 
unprecedented efforts are underway to understand the causes of abnormal cognitive and brain aging in the general population, but similar researching epilepsy is virtually non-existent. For persons with chronic epilepsy, little is known about the impact of aging on the course of cognitive and brain health, the prevalence of clinical disorders of aging, mild cognitive impairment, dementia, or the disease burdens and modifiable risk factors associated with abnormal cognitive and brain aging. In the material to follow we will review existing studies to address these points. While recent attention regarding epilepsy in aging individuals has centered on elders with new onset epilepsy, the focus here is on persons who have lived with epilepsy for long periods of time, 15 plus years, and are now middle-aged and older. People with Alzheimer's disease are estimated to have anywhere from a 2 to 6-fold increase in the risk of seizures compared to the general population. Over the course of the disease, anywhere from 10% to 26% will experience some form of seizure, both apparent and non-apparent, according to research from the Baylor College School of Medicine. While it is still unclear which mechanisms trigger seizures, there are certain characteristics that can place an individual at higher risk. A seizure is a sudden, uncontrolled electrical disturbance in the brain. While we tend to associate them with convulsions, seizures can sometimes manifest with subtle symptoms, such as changes in behavior, movement, feelings, or levels of consciousness. Among the two most common types of seizure seen in people with Alzheimer's, partial complex seizures are those in which you become unaware of your surroundings and engage in unconscious actions such as fumbling lip-smacking, wandering, or picking at clothes. Generalized aniclonic seizures are characterized by all-body convulsions and are often accompanied by the abrupt loss of consciousness and or bladder control. Time matters. Most seizures last anywhere from 30 seconds to 2 minutes. A seizure lasting longer than 5 minutes is referred to as status epilepticus and is considered a medical emergency. Having two or more seizures is classified as epilepsy. Alzheimer's disease is the most common form of dementia, affecting around 5 million Americans. Alzheimer's causes the progressive and irreversible deterioration of cognitive function, manifesting with the loss of memory and the gradual decline in the ability to think or reason. The disease is most commonly seen in the elderly and is believed to affect anywhere from 4% to 12% of people over age 65. Alzheimer's disease is caused by the gradual accumulation of a protein, known as beta amyloid, in the brain. As the protein molecules begin to stick together, they create lesions, plaques, that interrupt the nerve pathways central to cognitive and motor function. A family history of Alzheimer's is not necessary for an individual to develop the disease. However, individuals who have a parent, brother or sister with Alzheimer's dementia are more likely to develop the disease than those who do not have a first-degree relative with Alzheimer's. Those who have more than one first-degree relative with Alzheimer's are at even higher risk. When diseases run in families, heredity, genetics, and shared environmental and lifestyle factors, for example, access to healthy foods and habits related to physical activity, may play a role. A recent large, population-based study found that having a parent with dementia increases risk independent of known genetic risk factors such as APOE4. While some studies have suggested that an individual whose mother had dementia is more likely to have the early brain changes of dementia than an individual whose father developed dementia, 
This study found that after adjusting for risk factors such as the post-status, dementia risk was similar regardless of whether one's mother or father had dementia. While it may seem reasonable to assume that the seizures are triggered by the degeneration of the brain, evidence strongly suggests that it is related more to beta amyloid itself. Beta amyloid is actually a fragment of a larger compound known as an amyloid precursor protein, APP. As AP is broken down, certain byproducts are released into the brain which can overexcite, and effectively overload, nerve pathways. As the disease progresses, the accumulation of these byproducts can cause nerve cells to fire abnormally, triggering seizures. Beyond the biochemical causes of Alzheimer's-related seizures, there are other factors that can place a person at an increased risk. Among them, early-onset Alzheimer's is associated with an increased likelihood of seizures, although the seizures themselves tend to develop in later-stage disease. Mutations of the presenilin-1, SIN1, and presenilin-2, SIN2, genes are associated with the hyperproduction of AP. These genetic mutations are passed through families and, according to research from the Columbia University Medical Center, can increase the risk of seizures by 58% and 30%, respectively. The severity of seizures also appears closely linked to the advancing stages of Alzheimer's. People in residential care facilities tend to be the most severely affected, although it is possible that the seizures are simply recognized in an institutional setting where they may be otherwise missed at home. Not everyone with Alzheimer's disease will experience seizures. Of those who do, seizures can be difficult to diagnose since the behaviors one presents can often mimic those of the disease itself. This is especially true with partial complex seizures. The diagnosis of Alzheimer's-related seizures is often an inexact science and one that may require input from a specialist known as epileptologist. While an imaging study known as an electroencephalogram EG, can be used to confirm seizure activity, it has its limitations. An egg measures electrical activity in the brain and, as such, can only definitively diagnose seizures if abnormalities occur during the test. As a result, only between 3% and 10% of Alzheimer's-related seizures are diagnosed with EEG alone. With that being said, an EEG can sometimes detect abnormal electrical activity, known as epileptiform discharges, 24 to 48 hours after a seizure. If recurrent seizures are suspected, the doctor may recommend a wireless EEG in which a headset is worn for 24 to 72 hours to provide ongoing monitoring of brain activity. While neuroimaging studies, such as computed tomography, CT, and magnetic resonance imaging, MRI, can detect changes in the brain consistent with Alzheimer's, they cannot tell us whether those changes are consistent with seizures. The same applies to genetic blood tests, which are more useful in supporting a diagnosis rather than making one. Due to the limitations of the EEG and other lab-based tools, the diagnosis of Alzheimer's-related seizures is largely dependent on a seizure screening questionnaire. The contents of the questionnaire can vary but typically evaluate your risk based on your medical history, including family history, current or past medication use, suspected seizure events, including a description of symptoms. Based on your responses, the epileptologist can use an algorithm to determine your seizure risk. A positive questionnaire result paired with abnormal EEG can deliver an accurate diagnosis in 9 out of 10 cases. Less definitive cases may still be treated presumptively, 
particularly in infirm or elderly people in whom a seizure may pose serious health risks. While seizures are often missed in people with Alzheimer's disease, a type of seizure, known as an absence seizure, is sometimes misdiagnosed as early-stage Alzheimer's. An absence seizure is one in which an individual will suddenly blank out and wander aimlessly, a behavior referred to as amnestic wandering. To differentiate between amnestic wandering with Alzheimer's and amnestic wandering with epilepsy, doctors may need to perform a physical exam, neuroimaging studies, EEG, and other tests to determine whether there are any signs of cognitive decline. Since epilepsy can occur independent of Alzheimer's, the doctor may explore other explanations for the seizures, including a stroke or transient ischemic attack, mini-stroke, meningitis or encephalitis, migraines, sleep apnea and other sleep disorders, vitamin B12 deficiency. The treatment of Alzheimer's-related seizures typically involves the use of anticonvulsant medications such as Depakote, Valproic Acid, Neuron, Gabapentin, and Lamictal. Lamotrigine. There is even some evidence that the anticonvulsant Keppra, Levetiracetam, approved for the treatment of epilepsy, can help reverse some of the memory loss in people with Alzheimer's disease. Other anticonvulsants should be used with caution as they may enhance the symptoms of dementia. These include Dilantin, Phenytoin, which can impair memory and mental speed, Gabitrol, Tiagabine, which can affect verbal memory, and Topamax. Topiramate, for which 40% of users experience significant memory and verbal impairment. Even Tegretol, carbamazepine, considered a backbone epilepsy therapy, is associated with a deterioration of mental speed and movement time. A dose adjustment can sometimes alleviate these effects. A more invasive form of epilepsy treatment, known as deep brain stimulation, DBS, has shown promise in treating both conditions. However, because it requires surgery, DBS is considered only if epilepsy symptoms are severe and all other forms of pharmaceutical treatment have failed. Neurosurgery is less commonly pursued in people with Alzheimer's since the seizures are primarily associated with the hyperproduction of app rather than a brain injury. Some researchers have hypothesized that there is an inherent, rather than incidental, the association between Alzheimer's disease and seizures specifically undetected or silent seizures. Unpinning the theory is the inference that seizure control may alleviate some of the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. This is evidenced in part by a 2017 study published in the journal Nature in which investigators from Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston evaluated the brain function of two older women who had Alzheimer's, neither of whom had a history of seizures. Both were selected because they had unusually dramatic swings in Alzheimer's symptoms. While early EEG studies using scalp electrodes showed no evidence of seizures, electrodes inserted into the brain through the base of the skull confirmed that both women, in fact, had frequent spikes in electrical activity consistent with seizures. Following the diagnosis, both women were placed on anti-seizure medications. While one woman had to stop treatment due to intolerable side effects, the second had an almost total elimination of her diagnosed symptoms, garbled speech, confusion, after one year. The only lapse occurred, interestingly, when she forgot to take her seizure medication. Based on this experience, if future subjects with Alzheimer's are confirmed to have silent seizures, 
as the researchers believe, it is very possible that Alzheimer's may one day be controlled with medication. Future research will hopefully provide greater insight into this fascinating and relevant theory. Because seizures are often silent in people with Alzheimer's, it is important to speak with your doctor if you even suspect they are occurring. There is increasing evidence that epilepsy is being underdiagnosed in this population of adults, particularly those who are elderly, homebound, and infirm. Among some of the clues to look for Fluctuations in behavior or mental status, often occurring in spells. Infrequent rather than routine bedwetting. Sudden but subtle signs such as twitching and blinking. By identifying epilepsy early, it may possible to control the seizures and mitigate some of the ups and downs that characterize Alzheimer's disease. Epileptic seizures may be a feature of some neurodegenerative dementia syndromes. There is an increased incidence of seizures in Alzheimer's disease compared to age-matched controls. Seizures also occur in prion disorders and some frontotemporal lobar degeneration syndromes, whereas Parkinsonian dementia disorders seem relatively seizure-free. Seizure pathogenesis in these conditions is uncertain, but may relate to neocortical and hippocampal hyperexcitability and synchronized activity, possibly as a consequence of dysfunctional protein metabolism, neuronal structural changes, and concurrent cerebrovascular disease. Alzheimer's disease may be a neuronal network disorder, characterized by both cognitive decline and epileptic activity in which seizures are an integral part of disease phenotype rather than epiphenomena. Treatment of seizures in dementia syndromes currently remains empirical. Greater understanding of dementia pathogenesis may shed light on mechanisms of epileptogenesis and facilitate more rational approaches to seizure treatment. In its canonical definition, the dementia syndrome is characterized as an acquired impairment of cognitive functions, particularly memory sufficient to interfere with social and occupational functioning. In addition to cognitive and functional decline, dementia syndromes may also feature other clinical phenomena, including behavioral and psychiatric symptoms, sleep-related disorders, and epileptic seizures. The differential diagnosis of dementia is broad, although in clinical practice Alzheimer's disease, ID, is the most common identified cause. Likewise, the differential diagnosis of cognitive deficits associated with epileptic seizures encompasses various possibilities. Many patients with epilepsy complain of memory problems, which may be multifactorial in origin. They may relate to the underlying brain pathology which causes seizures, perhaps leading to impaired memory consolidation or to seizures per se, since these may sometimes be sufficient to simulate neurodegenerative disorders such as AD or to the adverse effects of anti-epileptic drugs or to concurrent affective disorders, or to any combination of these factors. A population-based incidence study of epilepsy in adults found 18% to be demented. In addition to these situations, neurodegenerative dementia syndromes may be attended by the occurrence of epileptic seizures. However, with the exception of AD, Widely accepted clinical diagnostic criteria for the common dementia subtypes do not mention epileptic seizures, even as an exclusion criterion. This podcast briefly reviews seizure phenomena which have been reported in association with the common neurodegenerative dementia syndromes, specifically AD, frontotemporal lobar degeneration syndromes, Parkinson's disease dementia and dementia with Lewy bodies, prion diseases, and Huntington's disease.
because of the pathological overlap between neurodegenerative disease and cerebrovascular changes, especially in AD, seizures in vascular dementia are also considered. Some brief comments on the management of seizures in neurodegenerative dementias are appended. Epileptic seizures in AD have recently been extensively reviewed. Epidemiological studies have shown that AD is a risk factor for development of late-onset unprovoked seizures, seizure onset occurring on average more than six years into the course of disease, with 10 to 22 percent of patients having at least one unprovoked seizure during the course of their illness. A prospective cohort study of mild AD patients found the cumulative incidence of unprovoked seizures to be 8% after 7 years of follow. Defining seizure type in AD may be difficult. Generalized seizures seem to predominate, presumably secondarily generalized from a partial seizure focus. Complex partial seizures may also occur, although they may be underrecognized in the context of a progressive dementia. The widely accepted NENCZADER clinical diagnostic criteria for AD state that seizures in advanced disease are consistent with a diagnosis of probable AD, but seizures at disease onset or early in the disease course make the diagnosis of AD uncertain or unlikely. However, seizure onset may be concurrent with onset of cognitive decline in some AD patients, 6%, with no explanation for seizures other than AD identified in about half of these patients. Hence, as a rule of thumb, it is probably advisable to investigate seizures in AD patients in the early stages of cognitive decline to exclude alternative symptomatic causes. AD may be arbitrarily divided into early and late onset disease with a threshold of 65 years of age, although there is scant evidence to suggest any biological difference in these entities. The relative risk of seizures is markedly increased in patients with early onset AD. This may be related at least in part, to the higher prevalence of deterministic genetic mutations in early-onset AD seizures have been recorded as part of the phenotype in a number of pedigrees harboring mutations in the presenilin-1 gene on chromosome 14, the commonest deterministic genetic cause of AD, and with amyloid precursor protein, APP, gene duplications on chromosome 21. Down syndrome, trisomy 21 patients invariably develop AD type pathology, and late onset of seizures may correlate with a clinical onset of cognitive decline. A number of factors may contribute to the pathogenesis of seizures in AD. The amyloid hypothesis of AD pathogenesis suggests that altered metabolism of APT to produce amyloidogenic amyloid peptides, A underscore, is the ultimate cause of AD excessive brain levels of A underscore in transgenic mice may result in spontaneous non-convulsive seizure activity and cortical and hippocampal networks, even in the absence of frank neurodegeneration. Hence it is posited that seizure activity may be an integral component of the disrupted neuronal networks of the AD brain and may contribute to cognitive decline, rather than being simply an epiphenomenon. Structural alterations in neurons related to tau pathology, the other hallmark change observed in AD brain, including loss of synaptic contacts and aberrant neuronal sprouting, may facilitate development of recurrent hypersynchronous discharges underpinning seizure activity. Tau deficient transgenic mice do not develop aberrant network activity despite excessive A underscore.
changes in neurotransmitter activities and concurrent cerebrovascular disease might also contribute to seizures in AD seizures in frontotemporal lobar degeneration syndromes the frontotemporal lobar degenerations FTLDs encompass a heterogeneous group of disorders with respect to both clinical phenotype and neuropathology broadly they may be divided clinically into behavioral behavioral variant frontotemporal dementia and linguistic syndromes the latter characterized by either non-fluent output with relatively preserved comprehension, progressive non-fluent aphasia, or fluent output with impaired comprehension, semantic dementia. Clinical or subclinical evidence of motor neuron disease may be found in some FTLD cases. Movement disorders associated with cognitive impairment such as progressive supranuclear palsy, PSP, and corticobasal degeneration, CBD may also be included under the FTLD rubric. In terms of neuropathology, FTLDs may be categorized according to the protein abnormality presumed to be pathogenic, such as tau, T to P43, ubiquitin proteasome system, or intermediate filaments. Epileptic seizures do not feature in the diagnostic criteria for FTLDs, either as inclusion or exclusion criteria. However, a normal conventionally despite clinically evident dementia is one of the investigational consensus diagnostic criteria, in contradistinction to add in which EEG changes, particularly slowing of background rhythms, are common, particularly in the later stages of the disease. Although the view that the EEG is normal in FTLDs has been challenged, nonetheless it remains the case that epileptic seizures are rarely reported in FTLDs. An exception may be FTLD with concurrent hippocampal sclerosis, HS. Initially defined by neuropathological appearances of neuronal loss in the hippocampal CA1 region in a distribution similar to that seen in seizure-associated mesial temporal sclerosis, pure HS was later reclassified as a subtype of FTLD based on the neuropathological finding of tau-negative ubiquitin-positive inclusions and the overlap of clinical and neuropsychological features with FTLD. These cases are probably T to P43 proteinopathies. They were previously reported to have a similar prevalence of seizures to a defrontotemporal dementia with Parkinsonism linked to chromosome 17, FD to P17, may result from mutations and genes encoding either the microtubule-associated protein tau, MAPT, or progranulin. FD to P17 resulting from the P301S MOPT gene mutation has been reported with a phenotype including prominent early seizures, but this seems to be an exceptional occurrence in FT to P17 with tau gene mutations. Possibly the second most common form of neurodegenerative dementia, dementia with Lewy bodies, DLB, is not reported to be associated with epileptic seizures, nor is the dementia associated with Parkinson's disease which has similar neuropsychological and neuropathological features, both being classified as synucleinopathies. This is perhaps a little surprising since concurrent tau pathology of Alzheimer's type is not infrequent in these cases. Although transient loss of consciousness is one of the supportive features in the diagnostic criteria for DLB these are not epileptic seizures, but are more likely to be related to the autonomic dysfunction which is common in this condition. In other neurodegenerative Parkinsonian syndromes, seizures have been reported in PSP but do not seem to be a common feature. There seems to be no literature on epileptic seizures in CBD or multiple system atrophy.
Although there are clearly areas of overlap between the fields of epilepsy and movement disorders, this does not seem to be relevant in these late-onset movement disorders. Prion diseases may be of sporadic, inherited or iatrogenic etiology. Seizures have been reported in sporadic Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, sometimes as the presenting feature, with focal motor seizures, non-convulsive status epilepticus and generalized status epilepticus all reported. Localization-related seizures have been reported as the first presentation of variant CJD but this would seem to be a rare or even exceptional event. Since loss of the cellular prion protein has been reported to be associated with enhanced sensitivity to seizures, with neocortical and hippocampal hyperexcitability and synchronized activity it is possible that prion disorders may resemble AD as neuronal network disorders clinically characterized by both cognitive decline and epileptic activity. Chorea and a subcortical dementia are the classic features of Huntington's disease, HD associated with trinucleotide repeat expansions in the IT15 gene on chromosome 4. Epileptic seizures may be a feature of HD, particularly in early onset disease which is more often associated with the finding of Parkinsonian rigidity. Seizure frequencies of 30 to 40 percent are cited for juvenile HD, defined as onset before age 21 years, as compared to 1 to 2 percent in adult onset cases. Prominent seizures in an adult patient with a HD-like phenotype should prompt consideration of the diagnosis of dentatorubral pallidology natarophy, in which condition seizures are much more common than in HD. Although it might be objected that cerebrovascular disease, CVD, is not a cause of neurodegeneration per se, nonetheless CVD is a recognized risk factor for late-onset epileptic seizures, presumably resulting, at least in part, from disruption of neuronal interconnections. Moreover, there is clearly overlap between CVD and other causes of dementia. Most elderly patients with dementia submitted to autopsy have a combination of both AD and cerebrovascular pathology. Vascular dementia and vascular cognitive impairment are recognized to be heterogeneous entities with respect to both pathology and pathogenesis, including vasculopathic and thrombotic disorders. Patients with stroke who have epileptic seizures may be at increased risk of dementia. In a cohort of stroke patients without pre existing dementia, the occurrence of epileptic seizures was an independent predictor of new onset dementia within three years of stroke. It is possible that some of these patients harbored AD pathology pre stroke, with clinical expression emerging after the stroke. Certainly, an interaction between AD and CVD to lower clinical threshold for expression of AD pathology is recognized. Pre existing dementia typical of AD has been reported to increase the risk of late, seven days, post stroke seizures. Because of the common neuropathological overlap of CVD and AD, it may be difficult to ascertain the specific contribution of CVD to seizure pathogenesis in mixed cases. In order to study the effects of CVD per se, relatively pure vascular dementias should be studied. Cerebral autosomal dominant arteriopathy with subcortical infarcts and leukoencephalopathy, codicil, resulting from mutations in the NOTCH3 gene may be associated with seizures as part of encephalopathic episodes. There is essentially no evidence base upon which to formulate judgments about seizure management in neurodegenerative dementias. Hence management remains empirical, based on seizure type and risk-benefit analysis for each individual patient. In AD, 
the neurodegenerative dementia most likely to be complicated with epileptic seizures, anti-epileptic drug, AED, therapy may not necessarily be required since isolated seizures are common. Moreover, other, treatable, symptomatic causes for seizures may be identified. If therapy is indicated, because seizures are frequent or risk of seizure recurrence is thought to be high, as in the presence of fixed or postical focal neurological signs, abnormal EEG, or early age of AD onset, drug choice may be influenced by seizure semiology. However, seizure type in amended individuals is often uncertain, although partial onset seizures with or without secondary generalization are probably the most common. Since AD prevalence increases with age, Factors influencing drug clearance and protein binding such as renal and hepatic function also need to be considered, as does polypharmacy and the risk of drug interactions. Use of it with known cognitive and behavioral adverse effects, for example phenobarbitone, promidine, phenytoin, dipyrimate, may be considered undesirable in dementia syndromes. The response to therapy in dementia is not well known. A 79% response rate was reported in a retrospective study of dementia patients with epilepsy although one-third of patients had dose-related side effects. A prospective observational study of levetiracetam in 25 patients with advanced TAD and new-onset seizures reported good seizure control, with 72% of patients seizure-free for at least one year, but 16% of patients discontinued medication because of poor tolerability. The first symptoms of Alzheimer's vary from person to person. For many, decline in non-memory aspects of cognition, such as word finding, vision spatial issues, and impaired reasoning or judgment, may signal the very early stages of Alzheimer's disease. Researchers are studying biomarkers, biological signs of disease found in brain images, cerebrospinal fluid, and blood to detect early changes in the brains of people with MCI and incognitively normal people who may be at greater risk for Alzheimer's. Studies indicate that such early detection is possible, but more research is needed before these techniques can be used routinely to diagnose Alzheimer's disease in everyday medical practice. Write down questions to ask your doctor.